0: Welcome to Hope On Air, where we give you encouragement for today and hope for tomorrow. Welcome back to Hope On Air here. We have myself, Ty Black, and Luke Streiksma on the show here today. Today's topic is following Jesus at any cost. It's kind of our part two of our last episode, and we hope you enjoy it. So with that being said, let's kick this thing off with a prayer and get started here. Dear Lord, thank you for all these listeners joining us. Thank you that they are here with a purpose, um, that they are seeking hope, because that's the first step, Lord. We're happy they're here I know you are too, and just help us to have the right words and give them right wisdom and knowledge to go about their day with a more hopeful aspect of life. In Jesus' name we
1: pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ty. So today, like Ty said, it's kind of a part two of what we just did last week. Uh, we are still in Luke chapter 14, just continuing our passage where we left off. We left off last week with talking about hating your own life. Otherwise, Jesus says, you cannot be my disciple. And now Jesus continues again, Luke 14, chapter 14, verse 28 is where we are. I will read from here. But don't begin until you count the cost. He's talking about becoming his disciple here. But don't begin until you count the cost for who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it. Otherwise, you might, com- might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. That's our first example Jesus gives. He continues in verse 31 now, or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. And if he can't, you will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Example number two.
0: Your there initial thoughts tie. Plain text. I think he's very upfront with us. He's not hiding the fact that we got to shape up our lives and change it drastically. Hmm. Um, And then part of it, when he's discussing the soldiers, part of that's common sense. He's trying to connect with the reader saying, hey, guys, like just, right? This makes sense, right? It's just common sense. So he's connecting with us in that way. You wouldn't go up against double the size of an army. Um, but what he's saying is that, you know, God has got this. He can do this, and he's gonna be the ultimate decision maker in any choice we make, whether we make the right choice or not, he's gonna work it for his way and for his good.
1: Yeah, and this in these verses, I mean, he's continuing his point of you cannot follow Jesus without counting the cost, right? That's his whole point here. And this kind of goes against, in our culture, we have like the sinner's prayer, right? We're just going up to people and we're, you know, you're a sinner, pray this prayer and you'll be good sort of deal. Mm. That that kind of is Jesus, you know, at the beginning again, he, he had a large crowd following him. You know, it's not about the size, right? He's He wants people who are genuinely, fully, fully devoted to him, right? That's what Jesus is after. He's not after numbers, obviously. If Jesus just wanted numbers, you wouldn't be preaching stuff like that. A lot of our pastors, we're just looking for numbers. We're giving you the ooey gooey's, the ooey gooey's and <laughs> great worship with lights and stuff, right? Uh, no one's preaching. Hey, did you guys uh, count the cost before you stepped in these doors? Did you realize that uh, what it means to become a Christian? Like we, we last episode a week ago, hating your own life. Now with these examples, you want to build a building. You first got to calculate the cost.
0: Otherwise you build the foundation and who's the idiot? You. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah. He, more common sense, right? Um, well, as it should be, but he's trying to talk sense into us. And what we're not realizing as the readers, at least I didn't on the first time is, well, Okay. He's actually just trying to be logical with us. But he's yeah. really I mean it's logical. Who would who builds a building without calculating the cost?
1: Who fights an army without discussing it with their counselors, right?
0: Yeah, and I think I said it kind of in a weird way last time. Um Jesus is going to do it the way he wants. If you don't have the funds, he's going to give you the funds in some way. He's going to build he's going to help you build a temple. Um we are the living temple in fact. We're told that um, that we need to treat our temples wisely as if uh, God was living in us. And yeah, he's going to do what he wants. And as long as we're good with that happening, then there's no there's no turning back. We right. shouldn't have to. I think what
1: you're hitting on here is, you know, he's, these things sound impossible maybe. Uh, and again, like we talked about last week, when you're calculating the cost of following Jesus, it's too much for you to bear. It's too much for you alone. But that's where we, I mean, that's sad news, right? You, you listen to that, you shut off the episode now, and you're like, man, Hope on Air kind of failed me. Well, <laughs> the, the good news is, is that Jesus is there for you. Um, he, he's going to be there with you. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. So, yes, you need to calculate the cost of following Jesus. It's a narrow gate. We'll probably go to that next. That's Luke chapter 13. It's a narrow gate. Many people will come to Jesus, but they never followed him. Jesus will say, I don't know who you are. And I think that, I mean, that's right before this chapter here where he's asking, did you count the cost of following Jesus? You know, it's all those people who are half-hearted that said, we were following you. What do you mean you don't know me? you you never you, you 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 said jesus right you said jesus when you but you never saw him as your savior and your lord sometimes we get the savior aspect of jesus and the lordship he demands over our life mixed up we just want the free ticket to heaven we don't want anyone else controlling our life because we love our life this the whole point of these last 2 weeks you got to count the cost of following Jesus. We live in a society where on the outset doesn't seem like there's a cost, but there, there is. It might not be a persecution instantly cost, but it's a cost of giving up everything you want with your life, your job, your plan for retirement, all of that, and full sending what God has for you, giving him total control of your life. That might mean that you keep your current job. That might mean that everything changes.
0: Everything could change. But yes, you're totally right, Luke. We're told to be mirrors. We need to be a mirror of God. After all, we're made in his image. We so are his. You know, I remember that. We are his. We're called Not to my be, own. Yeah. Image bearers of God. How precious is that? Right. What, you know what we were created for. Yeah, and when we face a trial, I love how James says it right in his opening. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Luke, how on earth do we do that? You had a terrible day, right? You had an awful day, let's just say. And God is telling you, be thankful. Rejoice in that. Rejoice in this day, for I've given it to you And it's the day I made. That's hard words to hear. And my goodness, sometimes when you have a bad day, you just want to be mad. You just want to be sad. But he's giving you those trials, those challenges, those just aggravating days for a reason. Mm. For a greater purpose of shaping you into his kingdom Mm. and molding other people. To see what's going on in your life so they can also react and do the same thing. Yeah. Let's go
1: back to the first trial man ever faced. I'm in Genesis three type. Okay. Um, this is a serpent coming We're to skipping eat. all over on you guys. Yeah. And I just want to point out, this is what the serpent said. The first thing the serpent said. Quote, did God really say you must not eat the fruit? Right? Really say the first thing he did was plant doubt. When you're going through trials, the first thing that's going to happen is doubt might start. Per, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm doing the formulating, blooming, something yeah. like that, you know, might. And that's that's going to be the first sign that something's wrong. You have to squash the unbelief with belief, right? That's what Jesus did when he was tempted. He believed God's word. We know he believed God's word because he kept going back to God's word yep. and repeating it. Sometimes we need that. We're in a moment, maybe we don't even believe what we're saying, but we just got to repeat God's words to ourselves and say, I'm going to hang on to this. Even though it might be really loosely in this moment, I'm going to hang on to God's words. Because- Cling
0: to what is true, brothers. Yeah. I hold on to it. Yeah. for It's It's written. And if it's written, I know people will say, well, you have to believe it. Use your logic. But yes, believe God's words. And also notice how God obviously created the universe, but he created the devil. You think I'm right in saying that? Because he has dominion over everyone. Sure. So it's a really interesting topic. Why do you think God You're would we create... Can- let me see if I'm
1: devil. understanding you right. You're saying that we can, like, take heart when, like, the devil's tempting us because we know God has created the devil and therefore has
0: dominion over him. Yeah. I, I mean, you? think about the Gospels where it's telling about Jesus's trial. He's tempted by the devil for 40 days. We face that one day and we are beat. Right. We have had a bad day and it's been tough. It's been a long day. He he was a rock star at it. He was told, well, just turn these rocks to bread. Come on, you can eat. And then every time Jesus came back with, for it is written. Because Jesus is God, he was there at the start. And he knows what's written. He knows what's true. So it just shows that, wow, Jesus, God, the Trinity, they all have dominion over the devil. And if so, why is he there? Right?
1: Yeah? I mean, that's like the age-old question of why did God create man if they knew they were going to sin? Why did God create Satan if he knew he was going to fall down from heaven because of his pride? And that's where we have to be like Job and say, who are we to know the mind of God? Because God is so much greater than our reasoning capabilities we don't know the answers to
0: to those questions. He's infinite, right? Right. Just his name we can't comprehend. Right. It's not God. I may have just shocked some of you, you may have just jumped out of your seat. Um, I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> well, still is a statue there, Luke. Lots of jumping happening, huh? But yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, just think about infinity. Infinity and never ending. Just hard to fathom and That's where the awe aspect comes in. God wants us to have a natural fear, but he wants us to be amazed by him. Mm. Um, We watched a movie recently that uh, provoked many thoughts about God and how these movies portray God in different ways. It's it's really interesting. Almost all of them have a figure of God in them. That's, of course, not God. It's in the sameness. But why... Why do we do that? In every movie, we have an image of
1: God. And in all of our lives, we have a certain God that we have created most of the time. Uh, You know you've lost the true God once you've lost wonder of him. You know, once you think that you've figured him out, you've you've created your own God and you think you have not figured out and he's all in your brain. You, You cannot contain God. Nope, you can't. Yeah. I mean, this was something I was talking to my grandpa about. Grandpa, I think I've lost my awe of God and I was reading through Job. And Job, when God's talking to Job, who are you, Job? It was like, wow, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Because I had lost the, the bigness of God and the smallness of me. I mean, that's the bigness of God, the smallness of me. We're living busy lives in America, most of us. One thing to the next, we feel pretty big. We got everything under control and God becomes small. You got to check that balance every once in a while because God is the big one. We are the small one. God orchestrates our life. No matter how much you think you're in control, You, God is the one who's orchestrating all of this.
0: That's right. And I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a minute. I hope right. you don't mind. Here he is. Prepare yourself. Well, let's just think. Okay, America is not very old, right? It's a couple hundred years old. Not very impressive. We have countries way older. Okay. But when did America stop being a nation founded under God? When did that stop being a saying we said and a thing we believe as a nation, as a body of Christ? It's concerning. And so, I mean, a silly little podcast like this um, is great. We hope we can spread um, that good truth back around and that hope. But let me ask you guys more personally, is that you and your life? Are you living as a person under God? Are you beneath God or are you equal with Him?
1: Hmm.
0: Or are you above Him? Yeah, It's one of those three areas
1: right and it's always a battle because our flesh tells us that we need to be the number one but that becomes self-destructive all sin is self-destructive we were created by god for god when we live like we were created for ourselves we just become self-destruction machines right um People can live successful lives when they're focused on others. We were also created to love others, but they cannot have the most successful life. God has to be the number one. Others, the number two, right? That's the successful life. That's the two commandments. Um, Getting us back on, you know, this episode is about the cost of following Jesus. This is now a chapter back in Luke. We're in Luke chapter 13. You've heard of this, definitely. If you've not heard of the other, you've heard this. I'll just read it to you, and just let this sink in. You know, take this seriously. Not often do we read the Bible, and you know, get scared about what Jesus says. You know, we Jesus is this cute guy who was alive two thousand years ago, and we don't really take his words seriously, right? He's coming back. I, don't, you know, this. He's coming back in Revelation to kind of destroy everyone. He's not necessarily this nice guy, right? He is love, so but he's not our version of
0: just loves everybody, right? Um, yeah, there's judgment, of course. There's judgment. And that's because it's necessary. Right. Because right? he's righteous.
1: He's holy. And we are not.
0: And he can't have uncleanliness in his kingdom. Right. So that's why you got to be saved, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Yeah. That's the answer right there. Before you continue, I have just ties in perfectly. I'm sure you've heard these couple verses. It's in John 14, verse six and seven. He's talking to his disciples. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. Okay, he is the way. He doesn't say a way, I'm a highway or whatever. (laughs) He says, I'm the way, no one Mm. comes to me. That's where you allow yourself to be scared by that, you know? Yep. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay. So he repeats himself. He's the way. Okay. We got that, Jesus. Now it says, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. Okay. So he's the Trinity. He's a member of the Trinity. Can break that down as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So once we know Jesus, we know God. That's how it works. Yeah. Yep. So you so continue good. on your, your passage here. I just, I had yeah. to interject that because it's just beautiful. I
1: mean, yeah, this is the same way. It's the narrow gate, Luke 13, verse 23. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? Here's Jesus. He replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. For many will try to enter, but will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, but we ate and drank with you and taught, and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. <sighs> get away from me, all you who do evil, right? He, All those who do evil, well, okay, that's all of us, number one, right there. We all do evil. It's only through Jesus, the only way, the narrow way, Jesus to get in. This connects to our passage. You can't just claim Jesus. You have to, what's the cost of following Jesus? It's not those who have the label of Jesus on their chest that go through heaven. It's not that simple. We know that because of the passage we just wet, read, and this one, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will enter, for many will try to enter, but will fail.
0: That's concerning, right? We yeah. don't We don't like to That's hear an about understatement.
1: failure. That's an understatement. That's concerning. <laughs> yes,
0: that is very concerning. 100%. Yeah. Failure is not a thing we like in our DNA, right? And at that point, it's too late. I mean, that's the scariest part. You know,
1: you're dead. You thought you were following Jesus. You get there, and Jesus says, I don't know you. All they can do is beg and plead, God, we we do know you. You know us. You taught on our streets. You you recognize me. I'm, I'm Jimmy. I'm Jimmy. And he will reply, I don't know you. Get away from me. It's too late. In this life, you guys are alive. You're listening to this. Let me encourage you. It's not too late now. Count the cost. Don't just, you can't, it's not a name and a claim it. You got to count the cost,
0: but it's worth the cost. The good most certainly outweighs the bad. So uh, we encourage you to pray about it. Just see how Jesus moves through your life and through the lives of others. Look around you, ask questions, see who can be a testament to you. Um, Find a strong Christian that you know. Absolutely. 100%. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, this hope isn't for a select few. It's for everyone. And we don't want to fail. That should scare you. Should scare you enough to to want to win in victory with Jesus. Right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining. Uh, it's been a great journey with you so far in these first, wow, we're at eight episodes, Luke. Wow. Killing it already. It's great. Well, we'll keep on chugging along and hope to see you next time.